You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Team Stripes Podcast. I'm Ross Grimaldi, and with me is my co-host, as usual, Brendan Est. What's up, dude? I'm living the dream, waiting for uh, the first round to start tomorrow, or I guess today, since uh, we're releasing this on Tuesday. How are you so far? Uh, doing all right. You know, we had some uh, crazy games over the weekend, lots of wild eliminations. Teams went home that we didn't think were going to. Lots of great officiating. Uh, the NHL, or I should say the, uh, the people that work in the buildings kind of trolling us. I don't know if you saw the uh, thank you fans um, where they showed actual fans in seats. Yeah, there's uh, there's been one guy. I don't know who he is or, or what he does. I think he's like a uh, an assistant for some broadcasting team. And he uh, he's he's been making TikToks with the jokes about like the no waves and and things like yep. that. So he's he's it's been fun to watch. It's glad yeah, they're it's- having fun. So, yeah, we had, you know, a, a full weekend of hockey. Uh, everybody uh, is ready to go for the f- official first round of the playoffs. Um, as far as we know, none of the referees and linesmen are getting cut. So the 20 guys in each city or, yeah, 20 guys in each yep. city remain. Um, obviously, that is subject to change. That might change the end of the day or into tomorrow. But – um, lots of things to look forward to. We had a great uh, chat with our guest, uh, Logan Gruel, uh, who is our interview for this episode. He's an ODP grad like myself, and he is a current ECHL referee. So we have, a, we have another referee on this week, so that's a good thing. It'll be fun. Um, so wrapping up the qualifying round, what was your biggest surprise coming out of it? Like what team surprised you the most? Um, a couple of the surprises for me, one of them, the the Blue Jackets and Leafs series was wild. You had the Leafs blow a 3 nothing lead. Then you had the Jackets blow a 3 nothing lead. And then in game five, the Jackets won 3 nothing. I, I have my dog uh, wanting some attention here. <laughs> um, so that series was pretty wild. Um, the lightning looked pretty good in two games. And then the third game against the flyers, they did not look interested in playing at all. Um, the, we got to talk about Montreal and Chicago knocking out Pittsburgh and, uh, Edmonton respectively. So neither of the host teams are still in the tournament, just absolutely wild. It sets up a crazy first round. I'm happy we didn't have to fill out a bracket before the play-in round because I definitely would not have gotten a lot of them right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Montreal and and Chicago definitely surprised everybody. I think Chicago, they they obviously came in as a 12 seed. I think Chicago was the biggest surprise. See, to me, they weren't because Chicago is built for playoffs. I mean, they they, you have Jonathan Taves, Patty Kane, Sharp, you know, you have all those guys. Yeah, you that got are, the names, but you have the, the old guys. They, yeah, they, they have the experience where the Oilers, I mean, Connor McDavid, Drysidle, and crew. I mean, they don't yeah. have goaltending. Crawford, well, Crawford played out of his mind. Yeah, that's that was the problem with the Oilers is they don't have that you know next level goaltender. Yeah, but 
but Montreal surprised me beating the, <laughs> beating the Pens. Uh, yeah, that was pretty wild. I what Carey Price stood on his head for at least a game or two. Yeah, and then that it was game four, whatever. The yeah, they they eliminated four, and I mean going into the third period, it was still tied at zero zero, and that it was a fun series to watch. Another surprise for me was Arizona beating Nashville. Yes, I, I did not expect that. Um, I think pretty much everything else was kind of par for the course, as far like obviously in the East, Carolina winning. Uh, the Islanders winning. Um, now, Blue Jackets, Toronto, like you said, that got a little wild. That was a toss-up, though. Calgary kind of figured they were going to win their series. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, same thing. But so, but it was good. Um, it was fun to watch. The play-in rounds were fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I'm just ready for, uh, for the playoffs to officially start and get into our best-of-seven series. Yeah, and, and speaking of the teams that lost that were kind of surprised, the Penguins, the Oilers, um, the Panthers, all, all of the teams that lost now have the 12% chance of getting the first overall pick. Yes, we got to talk about that. So, Mr. I think it's Alexi Lafreniere. Yes. I think, or Yep. So, the kid's pretty good hockey player, and one of these really good teams has a chance of – getting this kid like can you imagine how upset everyone's gonna be if it's like Pittsburgh that gets him or, where would you uh, want to see him go um well definitely not to the Panthers <laughs> uh I don't know maybe like Minnesota or Winnipeg Yikes, I think just bury the kid eh or maybe uh I don't know I wouldn't even mind seeing him go to the Rangers I think that'd be pretty cool I think he would be cool on the Rangers. Um, personally, I want to see him down in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I don't care about any of the Florida teams, well, so having a first overall in the Panthers I think would be kind of cool. Well, the, and the other thing, too, is who knows what's going to happen with, like, maybe Ottawa or mm-hmm. one of the other teams trying to trade and get that pick. So That is very know. true. And then – so with that, now we gotta let's let's do a quick rundown of the West. What uh what do you think is gonna happen in the West? We got round uh, one, Vegas, yes. Chicago. So on the West, uh, yeah, Vegas. I think Chicago is gonna put up a fight, but I mean, it's right, Vegas. So we're taking Vegas, hundred percent. I think. Okay. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's a sweep, but we're looking at I would say five or six games. Yeah. So then, uh, Colorado, Arizona. I think Colorado's the no-brainer, but I'd love to see Arizona pull that off. We can give Arizona a game or two there. I mean, if you can stop McKinnon and Landeskov, you have a chance. Give me one second. Yeah, you're good. All right, I'm back. Sorry. My my dog dog loves to lock himself in my walking closet. (laughs) He'll go missing for hours at a time. Like, where's my dog? And then I go look. And then I open the closet door, and he acts like he hasn't seen me in two months. <laughs> so, um, all right. Yeah, so back then to, back to hockey. Calgary and Dallas. Obviously, I know who you're picking here. Yeah, uh, the Flames fan in me says Calgary in four. Um, the hockey <laughs> in me says Calgary in six. Okay. I and think Calgary's have... just 
I mean, they, they played better than the Stars all year. When they played the Stars, they played well. It will be a fun matchup. Um, if the Stars can figure out how to play hockey again, which they didn't do all round robin, there could be some trouble for Calgary. But if the Stars played like they did in the round robin, I mean, it's it's not going to be hard to beat them, I don't think. Um, plus, a little fun fact, the last time the Flames were a sixth seed, was the beautiful 04 Cup run where the Flames, you know, maybe no, or maybe not. No, sir. No, no. They were the eighth seed in 2004. Nope. Six seed. Uh, Six seed. Promise. Pinky promise. All right. Well, Are we going to look I'm, it up? Look, Should we look I'm it up? I'm going to look this up real quick. I am, I am certain they were the sixth seed because little seven-year-old me was living and dying by this team. And we had our hearts ripped out in game four or game six by your one and only Tampa Bay Lightning. No, it was game seven because I was there. Well, yeah, but game six, we won. Let's be real. That puck was in. It was not. I'm so salty about that all these years later. Clearly. Clearly you were. Um, where I had them as six seed back then. I was seven, so who knows. Yep. Well, I'll, uh, I'll get that figured out. Oh, I thought I was going to be uh, right. I was really excited. No, 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 Western Conference playoff seeds. Oh, I guess you were right. I, oh, I could have sworn they were the eighth seed. Scores. That's wild. Flames are going to the cup final this year. Put it on paper. <laughs> well, geez. Why have I always thought they were the eighth seed? Anyway, that's completely irrelevant to our conversation. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, and then we got to go to St. Louis and Vancouver. I Obviously, I think St. Louis is the no-brainer on that series. See, I think that one's closer than people think. I think St. Louis, if they play well, they can beat them, no issues. But they didn't play well all round robin. Vancouver played surprisingly well in the first round or qualifying round. That's a – I mean, I, I, if, I mean, you could go for the Canucks here. A little bit of an underdog, I think maybe. That, that could end up being a toss-up in a seven-game series. I, I agree 100%. I, I think that's the one that, out of all all four of them, that's probably going to be the closest. Um, Canucks played well during the regular season. Now, granted, that was 7,000 months ago. But yeah, if, if the Blues turn it on, which, I mean, they're the Blues, they can, I, I, I yeah, the, the Blues would win. But I think the Canucks will put up a – a heck of a good fight. Well, it's definitely going to be an exciting first round out west. That is, it'll, it'll be that fun is for sure. We start Tuesday. Def- well, I yep, guess today, we the day today, we dropped this tonight, tonight being Tuesday, since we're dropping this on Tuesday. Um, so then we'll uh, get into uh, our conversation with Logan. Um, like I said uh, a little bit earlier on, he's an ODP graduate graduate. He, uh, he worked the North American League, the USHL, the SP, and now he is working the ECHL as a referee. And uh, we'll uh, go ahead and shoot over to that interview. We are joined by Mr. Logan Gruel. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. I'm doing all right. Brendan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing just dandy. Awesome. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll just hit the ground running on this podcast. Uh, so, Logan, first off, uh, we'll start with how old were you when you started refereeing, and why did you start refereeing? 
Um, I was 14 years old. Um, my dad and brother were referees at the time. Um, so I got into it that way and just thought it'd be a good part-time job. And um, I stopped playing when I was like 17. So I did playing and refing for three years and then realized that I want to try to make a career out of refing. And um, yeah, that's how I got started. That sounds extremely similar to how I started. Um, same thing. So that's, that's actually pretty cool that we kind of started the same way. Yeah, it um, sucks. I never got to skate a game with my brother and my dad. That would have been fun, but okay. it didn't work out. Oh, so are they no longer refereeing then? My brother's not. My dad is. I still skate with my dad on occasion, but my brother got out of it the year that I got into it. So we never got to work together, but. Well, you, you need to get him to register just so you can work one day. <laughs> I know. He took a puck to the face and was done after that. Oh, that's lame. I've taken pucks to the face, and I'm still doing this. I know. He's soft. <laughs> Very clearly. Um, so, okay. And then, obviously, you said you're from Virginia. Um, yep. So, what was it like growing up officiating there? Like, starting out, like, what did you do? What levels and leagues and stuff? Yeah, I mean, obviously, especially in Richmond, it's pretty small. I mean, when I started out, there was no junior teams in town. It was just, um, you know, tier two minor league hockey or minor, geez, minor league, Kid, <laughs> kids hockey, minor hockey. And um, so I did all of those levels. And then I started doing ACHA D3 club like my second year because we needed guys. So I was kind of thrown right into that. Um, but I would also go up to like Northern Virginia and DC and Maryland when I was slowly progressing to go work tournaments up there and sort of get a little bit of exposure and work better hockey and see different teams. But obviously Virginia is not a hockey hotbed. So it's, it was, um, definitely a grind trying to get, trying to get out there. So. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I know a few people, um, from that area, a guy I lived with for a year, uh, um, Billy Lyons is from there. Um, worked a couple of times in Virginia. I worked at uh, Chilled Ponds, right? Is that the name mm -hmm. of it? Yeah, in Chesapeake. Um, yep, yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely a small community up there in Virginia. Um, it is. So then how long did you work until you decided, okay, this is you know something I want to do, and then from there, obviously, you joined the ODP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess in 2010 is when I started officiating, 2009-2010 season. Um, and then 2016, so after six years, I went to um, – that was after working, you know, various, like, USA Hockey Districts and USA Hockey Nationals. And um, I went to um, Futures Camp in – I believe I was in Ohio, Kent State, Ohio. And then from there, they wanted me to go. This was my junior year of college. They wanted me to go to the ODP prospects camp. And honestly, I wasn't really sure. Like, I went, had a good time. You know, I did well, but I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do this because I had another year of school. And I can't really work part-time where I'm at. So I just kind of, like, filed that. And then I worked, you know, whatever I worked senior year of college and then actually are where were you living south. for school sorry in richmond in richmond in yeah richmond, so okay. i pretty much was was here my whole life um and then actually our southeastern referee in chief jim dewhurst 
great yeah. guy called yeah. me great guy called me Dewey called me and he's like hey like basically long story short he's like if you don't I he's like I can get you into prospects camp this summer and but if you don't do it there's nothing more I can do for you like I'm yeah. trying to get you there but there's nothing more I can do for you and that kind of really hit home and resonated and I was like okay like you know I at least owe it to him to go do it yeah, he's done so true. much for me and just you know great guy so I went to ODP prospects camp like I think I decided honestly like a month before like it was super like last minute like I wasn't really prepared and I went and obviously did really well and um, I got the invite from Chris Allman to um, move to Minneapolis and that was 2017 summer of 2017 um, to move to Minneapolis in the fall and work at the NA um, in Minneapolis and you know I took a week or so to think on it and and then uh, that's that's when I started. So, gotcha. So did so you left school then? See, so or no? I I finished. I graduated. Okay. In May, and then I think Prospects Camp was in like July. So. Okay, yeah. perfect. I was back sure to back. You, uh... Yeah, sorry, did finish. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to finish first. I definitely want to finish school first. So. That's that's definitely the smart move, and that's something that um, any young official, I would definitely say, like if if you're wanting to pursue this, definitely you know, make sure you get school done and do all that first and then, um, or while you're doing it, but definitely take, taking care of school is super important. Absolutely. Otherwise you end up like me at 33 years old working on your bachelor's degree still. <laughs> but, Nothing wrong with that either. No, but, not at all. But it's, uh, yeah, I would definitely, my best advice to anyone as far as school goes, definitely, definitely go to school and get that done. Yep. So tell us about that first year in the NN. Oh man, that was an adjustment. Um, I think the highest level hockey I had worked up until then was like, you know, USPHL, like South division, like, which by is still some of the toughest hockey that I've ever had to officiate at any level, by the way. Oh yeah. Those, stuff, this, those games can get pretty, uh, pretty crazy. The score sheets were filled every single night, especially in Richmond oh, yeah. and Richmond was involved. And so those were tough and it was a good experience. Um, mm -hmm. But I kind of, from what I had gathered from other guys, I kind of expected to get thrown into like the NA3 first or maybe because they wanted me as a referee and I wanted to be a referee. So I had heard that with some guys, they'll even have them, you know, throw them on the lines or something for an NA game, just try to get the speed down. And yeah, you know, my first game in the ODP period was an NA game. And I mean, it was an exhibition game, of course. And it was in um, Lacrosse, Wisconsin. And Chris Allman was there. And I was like, a complete fish out of water. Like I was gassed. I was like the standard that they wanted called. Like it was like first call of the game was just like a week, a week call, like nervous, like interference. And he's like, you're never going to call an interference penalty as the first call of the game ever again. And I was like, okay, yeah, like <laughs> that's fair. And like, was the penalty maybe, but why, you know, so it was definitely an adjustment, but you know, I was ready for the challenge. Um, and then I obviously slowly adapted and ended up being a really good year. Um, so, but that was definitely an adjustment period for sure. Yeah. The, uh, the transition from doing, whether it be youth or, um, a little bit of ACHA or whatever, and then going into that program style of doing things, um, is definitely, uh, a, a, a big difference. Um, cause obviously you're dealing with junior hockey. It's, it's a different mentality. So when you uh, transition, I remember my first year doing the AJ and the Met, same kind of thing. It was like, oh, okay. You know, like you're completely changing your style and then 
um, from there, obviously adapting and, and doing things to their standard. Um, so how far, like, what did you do that first year? Like, did you get playoffs? Did you? Um, yeah, so I worked regular season and then um, got selected for playoffs and then just kind of, you know, it was a pretty good year. Obviously, you had those those games where you weren't necessarily thrilled, but I kind of caught fire, if you will, um, and just had a really good string of games, some tough calls that, you know, a lot of it's luck in the playoffs. Like, it is what it is. For like, sure. you, can control, you can control what you can control, but if something happens out of your control, that could be the end of it. And there were so many great officials on staff that year, and um, things kind of went my way, and a couple good bounces went my way, and I ended up working the um, – the NA championship game that year. So it was, it was an amazing first year. Well, but so was, you uh, made it all the way to the championship game as a, as a first year ODP. Edition. I did. That's, yeah. That's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. Not appreciate it. Yeah. It was did that. like I said, probably more lucky that, but it was uh it was a good year. So. That's awesome. Um, as far as the NA goes, what was your favorite building to work in? Um. I would probably say Shreveport down in uh, Louisiana. Oh yeah, there you um, go. I did. I worked all of the South buildings down there except for Corpus, and I really wanted to go to Corpus, but I did do that last year. Okay. With with Brendan. Oh yeah. Um, we had the kids game. That's right, the kids yep. game. Um, but I would say probably say Shreveport. I mean, there's a lot, and I would say Fairbanks. Fairbanks, Alaska, was pretty unbelievable. Yep. That's um, one trip I always wanted to make, and I unfortunately I never got to do it. It is the most hostile environment that I have ever been in. Like <laughs> it is like literally people with like beards down to their gut are like climbing the like scaling the glass, like literally like they feel like you're right above your head. Like it's awesome. Like That's it awesome. is awesome That's because awesome. everybody in Fairbanks goes to the games, and you well, know, what else is there to do other than go see the Nall team? Nothing. So I would say Fairbanks and Shreveport are probably my, my favorite. Shreveport has an interesting smell to it, as Brendan knows. So, oh, I, I can only imagine being in Louisiana. The 1952 uh, building. The, the Cajun awesome. Dome was always interesting to work in down in Lafayette. So, yeah. So after that year in the Nall, did you get moved up right into the, into the USHL? Or um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I got um, – I was full-time with USHL, and I moved to Des Moines, Iowa the next year. Good old Des Moines. There you Good go. old Des Moines. Great town. Missed that town, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, I just and that was definitely an adjustment, too. Um, yep. The standard is I, – so I actually worked – my first year, I worked three USHL games. That was it. Okay. Um, and the first two were emergency fill-ins the morning of. I got a call, and I didn't have any of the USHL gear or anything, and I was not expecting it. Mm -hmm. um so i got my feet wet that way but it was just kind of like i was so like last minute shocked that i wasn't nervous and i just kind of went out there and i was like i have nothing to lose and it went well yep. but you know and then you know and those, obviously actually, there's, that, there's a jump between the oh god the yeah yeah and, the and i work and usually they'll start you out four man in the ushl like they'll put yep. you with an experienced guy and all three of my games were three man that year because it just like emergency because something happened yeah so that was kind of interesting um, but then, so the next year, obviously it was kind of like, okay, now I'm really getting started and, um, mm -hmm. definitely had to adjust to that standard. I mean, every league's kind of different, but the pace was definitely, it was just like a much more, you know, well, those guys are more North South, like exactly, exactly. Go to the just net, you know, up and down fast. Yeah. Um, 
and it's just obviously more skilled. It's a step faster and same thing. It was just an adjustment. And, um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely adjustment. But, um, let's see now. I, I didn't work too much USHL. I, I know I, I worked in like Dubuque and a couple other places. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite USHL building to work in. Oh man. Favorite USHL building to work in. Um, so many good ones. Yeah. I would say I'm going to take one from as far as like Sioux Falls, South Dakota is unbelievable. Cause it's basically like an American league arena. Like it seats like 12 or 13,000. Mm-hmm. So it's, but that's only fun if it's packed to me, yeah. because if there's 2000 people there, it feels like there's nobody there. Yeah, um, sure. of course it's great. Like, you, you know, the locker rooms, like a professional lock, like it's awesome. Um, but as far as like energy and I, I'd probably say in Des Moines, good old Buccaneer arena. Um, yeah. The play and, and the ice box in Lincoln. Those two are very similar. Okay, yeah. Lincoln's uh, always uh, a yeah. favorite. And nothing's changed. You go in there. Yeah. Thunderstruck. Um, you go in there and you just feel like, like, I feel like just being in Lincoln in those two arenas, I'm immune to COVID because it's so, <laughs> it's so damp and moldy and it's awesome though. The place is rocking. Like I love those. So those are probably my top three for sure. Uh, any, uh, any good situations stick out? Like things that happened while you're working in the Null or the Eshel, like crazy situations uh, in junior hockey? Yeah, I would say mine. Well, go ahead. You had a good one in the U.S. though. The one year with the flame prospect wasn't. Oh no, that was that was Candy, wasn't it? I thought. Yeah, that was not me. Oh, that was not I me. thought that was you. Yeah. No, I wish that was. Yeah, that would have been. <laughs> that would that would have been interesting. Without naming names, that would have been interesting. Um, no, I think in the NA, um, actually in the playoffs that year, obviously the Midwest snowstorms are brutal. Um, I was in Austin, Minnesota, on a Friday night. And then I was supposed to be in Aberdeen, South Dakota on Saturday night. And that is about, without any conditions, about um, an eight-hour drive. Okay. So so overnight, I was going to stay four hours. I was actually staying in Sioux Falls. Um, so I'm, like, getting into Sioux Falls, and the weather's fine until Sioux Falls. And I get into Sioux Falls, and it's like an ice storm. Like, wind is, like, 50 miles an hour because it's very flat, like, ice storm. And I'm like, oh, man, like um, – Okay, so I get to the hotel and I wake up and like it's a blizzard, and I'm like, okay, like what's gonna happen here? So the referee that did the game the night before, you know, especially in the playoffs and three man, they don't want to have the same referee in the playoffs yeah. back to back nights. Like it's just a bad situation, not bad situation, but it's setting somebody up for. It's, well, yeah, it's not ideal. You know, it's not ideal, but in this situation, so the referee from the night before stayed, and it was he did a great job. Like he killed the game. I watched the game, but it was like a controversial game for one of like the home team. So mm-hmm. it was just like a hostile, which is fine. He, he did everything he could. Um, and, he, and he did a great job. Um, but obviously it was just, you know, naturally like you want to see a different face. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so I was planning on leaving at like 12. It takes like, I think it took three, it takes three or three and a half hours without any, and the game's at seven thirty. Yeah. So I'm like, if I leave at 12, I'm still allowing like almost six hours for anything to happen for a three and a half hour drive. Well, it took me six and a half hours to get there. Oh, um, uh, the main interstate 29 was closed. So I took all back roads, one lane back roads through God knows where South Dakota. And I got stuck three times along the way. 
and all three times good Samaritans that lived in the small town towed me out. And cause I had no, I couldn't, I mean, it was like the snow drifts were so bad. It was up to the side of my car. Holy and cow. so three Samaritans towed me out, get back on the road. Another time, just sure luck. Like one, one was the same guy. He's just like making rounds. And then the other, I was like, I'm sorry, man. Like, so anyway, long story short, I make it at, I think warmups, warmups are at seven for a seven thirty game. I made it into the rink at six fifty. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was like, I was wearing sweatpants because usually I, I was going to go check into the hotel, get changed. I'm wearing like sweatpants and I'm just like all like, I don't even know how I made it, right? Like I'm sliding all over the road. Like I'm just trying to stay focused. I'm trying to update Almond what's going on. Finally make it. And it was just a really tough game and it went well, but it was, that was probably my most interesting. It took almost seven hours to get there. It was, it was wild. I have a very similar story of what happened to me one time when I was working in the SP. We had um, a very bad ice storm in the like uh, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana. It's it'd been the first time that that stuff happened in, in years. And I worked uh, the River Kings on a Friday night, which that game in itself was interesting because um, I almost ended up having to referee that game because that storm, the same storm that uh, I encountered the following day messed up uh, the referee that night, uh, Andrew Howard, he was driving down from St. Louis and he walked in the door like five minutes before the game. So anyway, I ended up not refereeing, uh, which I was a little disappointed. I'm sure. I kept trying to get Leaky to let me ref and he'd just always just laugh at me. <laughs> like, no, your lines. Uh, okay. So then the next day um, we have this ice storm uh, further south and I decided to leave the hotel room in Memphis at six o'clock in the morning because it's a six hour drive down to Lafayette. And it's like, well, if I get there at noon, let me check in early, get a good nap the whole bit. Well, by the time I got from Memphis to Jackson, there was snow on the ground in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> which That's not right. No. And then by the time I got down to Baton Rouge or try to get to Baton Rouge, everything was iced over. The bridge from La Baton Rouge to Lafayette was closed. It ended up taking me 12 hours oh my God. to get from Memphis to Lafayette. And I got there right before the game. Uh, actually, the game had – they were just dropping the puck. And the most messed up part about it was – uh, Andy Howard was supposed to be with me on that drive. Well, his wife went into labor, so he left to go home. I drove down, so then we had to get someone to ref, and then it all—it just got all messed up. And uh, wow, yeah, it was very similar to that uh, that yeah. uh, that trip for you. So I, you know, the planes, trains, and automobile automobiles, and everything in between with uh, the ODP life. Oh yeah, definitely. So then working in the ODP, you, uh, you then got to do some pretty cool stuff and, and I didn't, you end up on the cover of USA hockey magazine. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes. I accidentally ended up on the cover. Yes. <laughs> Must've been a slow month. Yeah, for sure. For three referees mm -hmm. end up on the cover. Yes. So is that cause you did what the prospects game, right? No, I didn't actually. Um, I did not do the prospects game that year. Um, okay. or, was it did actually random, or was it just a story about you guys in the USHL? I, I can't. Yeah. I think it was just a story about us in the USHL. Um, gotcha. Scott Zelkin reached out to us and was like, Hey, this guy wants to do an article. And 
basically yeah the rest is history the photographer actually lived in des moines so he was like following us around our house like he's like hey can i like come and just like just like shoot pictures of what you guys normally do like just act natural and i'm like uh okay super nice guy so he comes and like i'm packing up my bag for a game like i think i had friday night in like des moines saturday night in omaha so i had to i could leave like two hours for the game or three hours for the game so i'm packing up my stuff and like he's like and i'm like packing my skates i'm like I'm like packing my gitch and stuff. He's like, and I'm just like, this is like, this is so weird. So I walk outside. I'm like, like wheeling my bag down the sidewalk. And I'm just like, okay, like, see you, man. Like, bye. Like, all right. And then he came to our games and stuff. And it's just like, we're walking on the ice or we're about to step on the ice. And he's just like on the ice somehow. Like, I'm like, how did you get on the ice? Like, okay. Like, it was, it was, it was, it was an interesting experience, but it was really cool. Um, and I think good for USA hockey, you know, officiating in general, because obviously yeah. I mean, people, most people probably laughed that aren't officials, but I still think it was good to, you know. Well, yeah, it's it's one of those things like not many people understand what we go through, especially right. living the ODP life. Yeah. Now, so how long, <clears throat> how long total were you doing the ODP before you got the call saying, hey, uh, from, from Joe or Steve-O, whoever it was for uh, moving up to the coast? Yeah, so I guess so. I had my year in the NA, and then I had my year in the USHL, and then this past season before COVID hit, I was living in a USHL apartment, but I was doing like a split schedule between USHL and Coast and a few SP. Um, so and then this year, you know, obviously, what was it like going from junior to to work in pro hockey? Oh man, it was uh, it was awesome. It was, was um, your first pro game in the SP or the coast? Uh, the SP. My first okay. pro game was in the SP um, two years ago. Okay. Um, or, uh, yeah, I guess 2018, 2019 season. Um, over actually down in Roanoke um, in Fayetteville over Christmas. So it was okay. kind of like a – nobody oh, so wanted to be – no one wanted to be there. So it was a nice, like, ease-in experience. Yeah. So you're so, in Fayetteville then, you said? My first games, yeah. 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 Love that building. Place yeah. Fun. There was like five people uh, there, was, but it was the fun. crazy Zamboni driver still there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's still there. Bill, man, yeah. he, he was telling us five years ago he was going to retire. No, no. <laughs> he's, still, he's still there. Awesome. Um, but it was, it was definitely – it was – I mean, as you can attest to, I mean, the respect is so, like, so much more. Mm-hmm. You know, the respect level is just so – I mean, they're, they're men. They're professionals. Yeah. Um, you know, they get, they're getting paid. Um, so it's different. Um, but like I said, the respect level, like players were coming up to me like, Hey man, hurt your first game. Like just have fun. Like stuff like that. Like stuff, yeah. that you, you know, in junior hockey, you're like, Oh, it's your first game. Like, yeah, you suck. Like, great. Like, thanks. Yeah. Um, well, the difference between the, yeah, the children. And, exactly. And there's just so, like I said, so much more respect. Um, I will say I would, the USHL like speed wise, it wasn't really an adjustment. I think the USHL North South is definitely faster, but that's mm-hmm. just because they're 17 18 and don't get tired and they just you know yeah. but the echl or the sp is it's more systems and more east west and like the passing is much cleaner and it's just more systems like they finish their checks more like it's you know it's just it's just more systems as you know but yeah for sure def- definitely i think i think it wasn't too bad of an adjustment just um the rules and little nuances and stuff were the the biggest adjustment but i mean you know, with experience, it just, obviously it, it gets yeah. smoother. And so 
so this coming season, which we just found out isn't starting till December for at least for the coast, like what do they have you doing? Are you going to be coast full time? Are you going to be splitting still? Yeah. I mean, I think I, um, I'll be living in Richmond. Um, okay. I told um, Stephen I want to live in Richmond. Um, so I, I'll be working out of here, hopefully as much coast as possible, but I'm close to a lot of SB teams too. So I'm sure yeah. I'll be split duty, which is fine. Um, but yeah, he said, you know, I mean, when Richmond's pretty century low, I mean, it's decent airport. Well, like you're, yeah, you're two hours for pro hockey. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Norfolk's only two hours away. So just to have a team that I can drive to is already a bonus. And yeah, I mean, that, that's the plan. I mean, it should be interesting in general, like what they're going to do with apartments and stuff, you know, like yeah. who knows. So. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, we're, we're living in a different world now, so it's, it's yeah. going to be uh, very touch and go for a little while. Yeah. It came at a good time, though, because at least kind of now I know, like, okay, I can live here. Like, I can, you know, just, there's not a lot. I mean, there's, yeah, there's uncertainty, but there's not a lot of uncertainty with, with where I'm living, at least, so. And then, so I think you, you told us uh, uh, off air, so to speak. Uh, so you haven't skated, but what, twice since everything went down? twice since my last game on March 8th. Yeah. Wow. Even for me, we had two and a half months off here and it's, it's definitely nice to take that break. I know, um, one of, uh, one of the guys that refs here locally, um, just does men's league and stuff. He says to me, he goes, he goes, this is so weird. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, the longest break I've taken in 15 years of refing has been two weeks. He goes, how, how do you, get back in the flow of it i'm like it's like riding a bike dave like and it, it was just it's just funny like how we um take long breaks and other guys don't or whatever so like is this the longest break you've had oh absolutely yeah i, I usually i skate and you know i, I think going forward it's going to be nice because like in the last few years i got back in late may after the season mm -hmm. and then like I was like, okay, I'll take some time off. Like I got home like May 20th or 21st and then June yep. 1st, I'm skating again. Like, oh great. Yeah. Like that's, that's not time yep. off, but okay. Your, your local scheduler, your local association yeah. like, Hey, you're back. Come skate. Yeah. We're two years. I was scheduling. So I just self-inflicted myself, but gotcha. Um, but, and so this year it's, it, it's been obviously different, but I've actually enjoyed yeah. the time off. Like I had a couple like, like injuries that throughout the season, like, my groin like I weird I fell one game and like twisted weird and like just stuff like that like I had plantar fasciitis this year with my feet yeah. so like it's been great to like now I feel like 100% so that's been good awesome. um and like you said it's like riding a bike I went out there with like the lowest expectations ever and I'm like this is going to be terrible like and mm -hmm. I got out there like the first drive was kind of like whoa and then I was like okay yeah. like it's 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 fine the only thing is you know with your lungs and stuff like that's the only thing that goes as far yeah. as like breathing and stuff, it's just a little different because you can do cardio all you want, but you're not in the cold and you know, it's just yeah, different. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I skated back to back days early in the morning. My mm -hmm. buddy, um, actually Billy Lyon's dad is still the manager of the rink here. Okay. Um, so he got me in and, um, you know, I'm living at home right now and it's just, um, just trying to keep my parents safe and stuff, um, until yeah, I sure. move out. So I'm just trying to be careful, but, Makes sense. um, yeah, but it's good. I mean, I think I'll start, getting back into it now that things are kind of but yeah it was good definitely yeah, I, uh, 
I was just throwing on my uh, inline hockey skates and skating around my neighborhood just to kind of do that. And uh-huh. it was funny, my, uh, my first time on the ice, after having only skated on my inline skates, which is obviously a different stride and the whole bit, uh-huh. I get out there and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. This is so weird. And then Tra- well, and training wheels. Happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's see. So locally, um, do you get to, uh, go and like do evals or help out with some of the up and coming guys? Like, do you have anyone that kind of is like, wow, look what he did. I can do that too. Like kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I actually would love to go to instructor camp, but obviously it's right in the middle of playoffs and hockey season. And I think it's in April usually. Yeah. So that's kind of out for a while. Um, but I've, yeah, I've been trying to get back. I mean, there's, um, you know, every year we have a few young guys that come up in Richmond. I mean, it's not a huge number, obviously, um, but I was scheduling for a while and I would schedule myself with them. I'm not scheduling anymore. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to try to get out there and continue to get back because that's that's what it's all about. Like that's I owe a huge credit to even the couple few guys in Richmond um, mm-hmm. that really got me going. And you know, it's you know, it all comes full circle. Um, I actually did a there was a like a junior and actually at Chilled Ponds last summer. There was like okay. a, for up and coming guys who want to start doing the USPHL stuff, and they did like okay. a little like training camp, and I went there and. Um, did a, like a presentation on communication, made a PowerPoint and just was evaling games there and trying to give some experience. I really enjoyed it. Like it was awesome. It was Very an awesome cool. time. Um, is, so. uh, is Stacy still around? She moved. I can't remember. She moved a few years ago. Oh, out of the okay. area. I wasn't sure. Okay. But yeah, I, I was lucky to skate with her many times and it was, it was awesome. Just the wealth of knowledge out of her, eh? Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. She's amazing official. Yep. Amazing official and um, yeah, lucky it's, to have uh, her as one of my. Training. And then uh, is, isn't Sneer up there? Sneer's in Northern Virginia, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Prime he's time. Kinda, prime time. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of he's kind of getting out of it, I think. Slowly. Okay. Um, but he still can give back, and he got he was huge helping me out as well. Another yeah, great guy. Sure. He's he's good people. Um, great guy, great guy. So yep, Sneer's up in about two hours away. Sweet uh let's see what else can we talk about hmm. what would uh for communication what would be like your biggest piece of advice for younger officials that's a good one um because you're I mean, a great communicator i sometimes yes um I, I don't know i think i think be honest and be yourself um but you know i mean i think just you know I mean, it's, there's so many little things that add up to the big thing, but I'd say the biggest thing is just, you know, be honest and be approachable, definitely be approachable. I would say, um, you know, I think, you know, as an up and coming official, I was not really approachable and it was like, um, you know, once I got over that and, you know, I think, you know, the more relationships you can build with coaches and, you know, I always, you know, as I move up, I want to be, I want to be that referee where I could walk in the building and see both coaches and they're like happy to see me like, Hey, like, you know, like, great to see you. Like, we're glad you're here. Like, that's awesome. Like if both coaches can say that, like, that's, that, uh, that's, that's a compliment and a great feeling it when, is. when they're happy to see you, whether it's at yep. junior level or, um, working, you know, the minor leagues. Uh, I know 
in my time in the SP, like I built being a linesman, obviously you get to build a little more of a rapport with, uh, with the, with the benches. So it's just always a good feeling that when, uh, when, when the coaches and the players are like, Oh, Hey, we're happy to see you. you yep. Know. Nothing better. Ain't Nothing that better. The truth. Um, and obviously the communication difference between going to junior and then uh, dealing with the pro guys. Exactly. Definitely. Exactly. You, you can get away with a little bit more. You can have those heated arguments with, with the pro guys and it's definitely uh, a little more, a little more fun. Yeah, but no, I think, like I said, just being honest, I mean, coach asks you a question, answer it. And if you, you yep. know, if you make, if you make a mistake, just say, Hey, you know what? I, I, I missed it. I mean, you don't yeah, want to say that you, 30 times a game, but you know, if you miss it, you miss it. What's he going to say? Yeah. You know? You'd be surprised how far admitting a mistake goes with Absolutely. somebody over not admitting it and just trying to like lie or manipulate mm -hmm. your way through the situation especially the higher up you go when these coaches are have been around 20, 30 years and they see right you're through. Not, yeah. And you're not the ref first referee they've seen do what they're complaining mm -hmm. to you about. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I said, being approachable is, is a huge thing. So what, um, what any, any other kind of advice or uh, anything you'd like to say the to up and coming guys or just, guys that are out there listening and working like yeah I mean I think um this year especially with COVID and stuff I mean I think the biggest thing is um and actually we had an official in the ODP Ben Allison you guys probably heard of the Ben yep. Allison award yep. um and you know unfortunately he was killed um you know in a car wreck or similar but he um you know I never met him but you know we had wristbands that said skate every game like it's your last because you never know when you know, your last game might be. And, you know, like I, I always thought that was great and, you know, but I never, you know, I guess I'm mean, I always trying to give hundred percent, but I never really officially had the experience of not knowing, you know, and then COVID hits and you're like, man, like I had no idea that two days ago was going to be my last game. Like I had no idea because it just yep. happened so fast. So I think that's good. I mean, always give, you know, you never know who's watching for one, but that the truth. Um, I think just literally skate every game, like it's your last. And, you know, I think I'll have a new, appreciation for that i'm sure we all will going forward for that just for to be sure. thankful we're out there and um you know always give it 100 percent. so that's what i would say and then just you know be coachable and you know be approachable and just be honest and be honest with yourself too i mean that's a big thing so that's all i got for his awesome. coming guys and then maybe share like a funny story or just something out of like something that that you've encountered or had happen to you while you've been officiating let's we'll uh we'll close mm. out with a with a quick story from you man i'm gonna put you, you on the spot i know you might edit this out while i think about this gosh i know. I, I, station i was thinking about that but you better tell <laughs> that story you'd be better telling that story no no that's all um, you no i don't think i i mean okay actually i i know now now i know so okay. this past season i was doing an sp game in um Fayetteville and it was a three and three between I think Fayetteville and Evansville all right and the first two games were very well competed games by both teams and like there was, it was they were tough games so we get to the third the third day and I'm like okay like you know how three and threes usually go it's either oh, one of two yes, ways I do especially in the SPHL yeah they're either out to kill each other or they just don't they just want to get through it alive yep. and go home 
Yeah, they either so want to it, kill each other or they're out for a Sunday skate. Yeah, and it was more the Sunday skate, which was good. So we get done with the first period, and um, it's a one-one game. Uh, actually, the they tied they tied with five seconds left. Tied the game with five seconds left to go in the first. So then we're getting ready to go out for the second, and we get a knock on the door, and they're like, "Hey, uh, the Zamboni is currently broken." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like, just Sounds let us know. Sounds about right for Fayetteville. Yeah, I was like, "Okay," like just let us know. Like, so they come back and they're like, uh, "Yeah, we're not gonna be able to fix it." I was like, you don't have like a youth rink or anything? They're like, no, they're closed. And I was like, okay. So very long story short, we ended up doing a shootout after one period of play. So we did, we did the game. It was 1-1. Both coaches, the league, it was a 3-3 three and three late in the season. And Evansville and Fayetteville are not really close to each other. And that was the only yeah. time they were playing all year. So they couldn't reschedule it. Yeah. So they agreed to do a shootout after one period. Um, and we did it all in one end because – one of the ends of the ice was kind of chewed up because the Zam tried. Yeah. So we did a shootout from one end. Um, and I don't even remember who won, maybe Fayetteville won. Um, so then we left and I was showered and back in my suit and on 95 in an hour and 40 minutes from when the game started. And I was That's uh, absolutely amazing on my way home. So that luckily, definitely, that definitely that sounds like uh, another thing that needs to be added to the, uh, the tales yeah. of the Southern professional hockey league. So I, I had I had the shortest pro hockey game in history, I think. So not a big deal. That's so freaking awesome. Yeah, so that's it, definitely it, it. You know, it sounds like that uh, that mini game that's listed in the NCAA rule book where you play a. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. We were all absolutely just... unreal. Yeah, that, that was that was that was a time. That was a time. Man, that's awesome. So. Well, I guess with that, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, definitely will when uh, when we get back to normal and get get uh, get up and running again maybe down the road we'll definitely have to have you on again to share a few more stories and go from there on that stuff yeah you know appreciate it guys so much it was uh, I was looking forward to this talking about hockey and catching up and it makes me excited for the season well, whenever that might start know, so we do need to uh, mention what did happen last night uh, with all the eliminations, we might as well, since we're, uh, yeah, sure. In, in, in the heat of the moment on, in the playoffs, as far as that goes, how about the craziness of yesterday? Yeah. I mean, I was working last night, so I didn't really see a whole lot of it, but I watched the highlights and obviously you hear, I mean, it, it seems like March madness in August. Like it's crazy. Like you see the matchups and you're like 12 versus five and you're like, man, I love picking 12s on the bracket. Or 11, is 11 versus 5? I think it's 12 versus it's 12, 12 versus 5. five. 12 versus 5. And, yep. um, and, I, and I know, you know, Montreal's always dangerous this time of year with Carey Price. Like, you never yep. know. Um, and then Chicago, obviously. I mean, another – you never know. And just the experience um, is crazy. I mean, it just, it just goes to show. And you know, then with, Columbus had Toronto on the brink with three minutes left. And then they blew the 3-0 lead and then lost in overtime, so the Leafs kept it alive. They were up 3-0 with three minutes to go. Yep. Uh -huh, like that. Oh, yeah. And they, they almost buried an empty netter, but it, it, it like lodged itself between the outside of the net and like that clear stuff they have wow. on it. Wow. And, uh, and then Munch or Toronto went down and scored two quick is, goals. Yep. Man, that's going to be a tough game to bounce back from in game five. That's one I, of those where I, if they can uh, somehow win game five, they could win it all. But if they don't. I can't wait to go back and watch what Tortorella said last night after that game. No, it, was a, it was a quick interview. 
Oh, I'm Quick. sure it was. Did he say we sucked and left? I, th- and I, I haven't seen the video, but I would be surprised if it's longer than a minute. We sucked tonight. <laughs> yeah. Sucked then- from top to bottom. Sucked tonight. <laughs> so great. Oh, man. Okay. It's so amazing, this- though, man. Like... I was gonna say when when you're when your back's up against the wall, man, that's the most dangerous time. You have nothing to lose. Yep. So exactly. kudos kudos to them. Kudos to them. We'll see. Game five should be awesome. What was the quote? Uh, it's the last game of the season. Why not hold anything back? What's that from? Exactly. Waterboy. Um, Probably. Yeah. Adam Sandler movie. I think that's what that's from. Anyway, but yeah. So yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Again, Logan, thank you so much. Brandon, always a pleasure to see you, bud. You too. Logan, thanks for coming on. It was a blast. Yeah, man. Great catching up. And you guys stay safe. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you guys soon. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Logan. I know I had a great time talking to him. uh, And I think Brandon did as well. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I got the pleasure to skate with Logan uh, once when he came down to the south. We went on a Nice little four-day trip together down to Corpus Christi and into College Station. Uh, he's a great guy. He was a he was one of my favorite refs to work with, uh, and I think just overall he's he's a great guy. Indeed, he certainly is. Looking forward to having him back on the podcast in the future when uh, when we get back to hockey. Um, well, we previously talked about the Western Conference before our interview so I guess now it's time to do a quick rundown of the east um we first have Philly versus Montreal what do you got um Flyers and five no doubt I think yeah that's yep the Flyers are just playing so well I mean the whole round robin they, they played so well they're they're a fun team to watch they got Carter Hart and Nett. I mean look it would be sick if Montreal played you know, like they did against the Penguins, but, but you know I, the one the one uh, thing in this series is if Carey Price feels like winning the playoff series, he will do it. I was just saying that's the one difference maker. Where if Carey Price can steal a game or two, I think well, we're looking at Montreal to win. When when he turns it on and wants to be, he can be the best goalie in the NHL. Oh, hundred percent, no doubt. So, but I think Philly just has too much oh yeah and, but that's power. the thing they're going up uh up against philly who's super hot right now so yeah. we'll see we'll see but yeah i think i think philly is the easy pick there all right so this series tampa and columbus your rematch from um, last year redo from last year and i'm calling it now and making a bold prediction the bolts <laughs> are going to show up and they're going to sweep the columbus blue jackets wow. they're going to return the favor from last year they aren't going to mess around they're not going to have you know, like they're just going to have foot down on the accelerator and they're just going to blow right by Columbus. So you think a John Tortorella coach team is going to get swept? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the Lightning have a lot to prove. And I feel like they may have intentionally lost that game to Philly just the other so night just so they could have the chance to play the Blue Jackets. So they could return the favor from last year. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay is obviously the clear favorite, but I love the Blue Jackets. I love John Tortorella. I love the way they play. I got Blue Jackets in seven. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I like John Tortorella too. He's, he was a great coach. He won us a cup in 2004, but I just feel like we have way too much to prove this year. I don't disagree um, with that. On to the next, we got Washington and the Islanders. For me, this one's a toss up. I have the Islanders all the way. Uh, yeah. I, I have a feeling the, the Islanders are going to knock off the caps. hundred percent. Barry Trotz is going to lead that team. And then with that, we have Boston and Carolina. I want to see Carolina knock off the Bruins just so my roommate roommate is salty about it. I I don't see how Carolina loses that series, to be honest. I I think the bunch of jerks are going to knock off the Bruins. When when you have a coach that's 50 years old and can still play the game and, I mean (laughs) – and that to me, that's a huge difference maker, though. Like the the mm-hmm. fact that I I think you're seeing now with coaches that on really good teams, all of the coaches are guys that players want to run through a brick wall for, and they buy into yeah. the system so well, well. And that's the thing. Like when you look at Carolina, you have that with Brendan Moore. You have that with the Lightning and Coop. Mm-hmm. Um, and some you of the St. other Louis coaches. has it. Blue yep. Jackets have it. I mean, everybody's so, bought into the system. That is 100% true. So, I, I think it's definitely going to be a fun and exciting first round. I know the Lightning play at 3 or 4 o'clock tomorrow, which I am pumped for. 3. 3 so, o'clock? Yeah. Perfect. Because Calgary's um, at 4.30. Nice, nice. It's just going to be another wild round. Um, looking forward to seeing, you know, all the officiating assignments and – Hopefully, maybe the play cleans up a little bit from what the we qualification had. Round. Yeah, in the qualification round. Um, from there, I, I think that's about it. I, I do have good. one question for oh, you. Go for more it. So, more so an opinion. Okay. Obviously, there's a home and away team these games. There's no home ice advantage. You, you got last change, and, and that's, that's your home ice advantage. Yeah. Do you think that's going to do anything in a seven-game series? Over the course of seven games, I feel like that last change might have an effect on one or two plays, mm-hmm. like immediately off a of face-off or if you get that lineup. So I think this is going to be where it really becomes obvious that that last change does mean something. Yeah, I mean, I agree, because obviously there's no home ice advantage per se. Yeah. You Like, to me, the round robin was you're fighting for last change. I mean, yeah. that, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and and I, I agree with you that I think it will change a player or two throughout a game, which, I mean, yeah. as we all well, know, even, that can change even a series. Sway, you know, potentially sway where you know the faceoff percentages because that's mm-hmm. that's you know, and then obviously your matchups. Um, it it won't be as obvious. I mean, with not having fans or whatnot. Now the home team does get their game presentation, so like their music and their anthem singer and all that kind of stuff. And I know, you know. Every once in a while, there would be a weird stat during the playoffs where a team goes undefeated when a certain person sings the anthem. Mm-hmm. Like, I know in 2004, when we beat Calgary, the Lightning were undefeated when Brooke Hogan sang the national anthem. Did you they know did... the Lightning were also undefeated in the fourth round whenever the NHL uh, disallowed goals that went in? 
Uh, well, that's a debate for another day. There's a great YouTube video about parallax angle and how the puck did not cross the goal line per ABC, I think, or ESPN. Whoever oh, was I think it was ABC at the time still. Yes. Yep. So they Yikes. showed it. They animated it. It clearly did not go in the net. <laughs> this is going to be a debate that we have for forever, pretty much. But you know, sorry I just about think... your luck, bud. But – the Lightning won the Cup in 2004. I'm I sorry. think both teams just need to go to the Cup this year, and we can settle it then. Okay, so I, I, I can handle that. Okay. I handle that. All right, well, uh, with that – One more thing. Oh, yep. no, one more go thing ahead. we have to mention. Make sure you te- check out the Team Stripes Academy. It is the master course from Mr. Don Koharski himself, legendary NHL referee. Um that is on our Team Stripe store. And I think now we can wrap it up. Yeah, Brandon, well, now passwords. now I want to plug all of our social medias since we just remembered. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of them go Team Stripes. We do have a YouTube page where you can watch us. Uh, same podcast. It's just you get to look at our shining faces. Yep. Um, and we also have a Twitch channel that yes. we will – uh, probably try to do another game watch along live stream uh, maybe this week. For sure. Um, with if the YouTube page, I'm trying, we're trying to figure out more stuff to post. Uh, please go subscribe to that. There'll always be fun new content on there. Um, if you want to reach out to us, please reach out to us. Our, our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, however you want to, I think we have an email as well. Um, yep. But reach out to us, give us your feedback. Uh, if you guys want to hear certain things, if you have certain situations, please feel free to reach out. We will get back to you. Um, I'm pretty quick on the Instagram and Facebook, or yep. Instagram and, and Twitter. We, so we, we need content to talk about on, on the podcast. So if, exactly. if our listeners want to uh, chime in and give us a question or a situation or anything like that, we definitely love to talk about it or even send us video clips that we can show on our uh, uh facebook YouTube, YouTube, while we're, everything. yeah well while we're doing the podcast we can we can watch the clip and kind of dissect it and give our opinion uh it might not necessarily be the right opinion though i'll give you i'll <laughs> give you that one all right and with that i think we can wrap up episode i believe this is 63 of the team stripes Sounds podcast good. uh see you guys next tuesday have a great week thank you guys for listening Yep, thanks for listening and keep watching hockey.